Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. And in this news segment, we cover multiple topics. We're going to be covering Battlefield 6 leaks, as well as Resident Evil Village development information about when it was started, when they started making it. And then lastly, there's a Valve Steam antitrust lawsuit. Also keep in mind, an upload that we'll hit later today is my official review of Returnal. Be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button to catch these live streams, or if you just like the shorter segments, that helps too. So, Battlefield 6, there's there's not been a lot of information about Battlefield 6. There has been very generic things stated, and there recently were some things kind of coming out and getting leaked, and people were talking about it. There were a handful of articles written, like the one here by PC Gamer. However, There then, over the weekend, were some leaked images. Now, there was a journalist that was quoted in an article that said, listen, I'm not going to retweet the images, but they are indeed legitimate. Uh, And in one of the images, you could see like a jet. And so people are obviously getting very excited. Battlefield's a pretty big, uh, pretty big name. It's one of the more household names now. Uh, Call of Duty and then Battlefield are usually kind of the two leaders when you think about the more traditional shooters that would come kind of packaged with a campaign and the online. And Battlefield always did a great job uh, by having a very different vibe and feel with destructibles and bigger, bigger maps and vehicles. And I always kind of liked it. And so according to PC Gamer, uh, the next Battlefield game, whether it's called Battlefield 6 or not, is promising to be quite a bit bigger than Battlefields of the past. This isn't a lot of information yet, but EA has indicated that there are reveals coming up, so there will be some reveals coming soon. These leaks are likely the cause of that. Usually these leaks come from marketing companies that are third party that help get everything ready for ramp ups for reveals, interviews, and the like and that's usually where your leaks spring from. The developers themselves are usually pretty tight and locked down on this kind of stuff and it's easy to trace it to the leak source. So usually the leaks indicate that things are getting ready to be marketed because some marketing company intern or something like took some snapshots with their phones or whatever. So the leaked images sort of jive with this article's prediction that there's going to be some reveals. Now, since Battlefield 6 is expected to launch before the end of 2021, we're expecting to hear some news pretty soon. So keep in mind, their goal is for this game to launch in 2021. Well, it's May. We're nearing the halfway part of the year, and we haven't heard a word about the game. Now, this could mean that it's getting bumped and delayed, but it also could mean they're going to go and and they're going to do a shorter run of marketing. Uh, Short runs on marketing can tend to go very well for games. They did it for Fallout 4, and it can tend to help uh, build quick hype, but also people are a little less harsh on a game when they only had to wait for it for a couple of months. Uh, as for what we do know, EA is promising to scale up the battles. For instance, uh, the publisher says something like, every time, you know, this, this happens, right? They're like, oh, it's going to be bigger battles. But in this case, we, we might actually be talking about an increase in max player count. 64 has been the magic number since Battlefield 1942 released in 2002. Is a time for a change? So they're thinking maybe that they're hinting at the fact that they're going to increase the player count, but nothing confirmed has happened. Now, EA has set the Battlefield 6 release date for holiday 20. 2021 and we all know that's a dangerous time for games to be trying to release right now if you've been paying attention at all to game releases anything landing in holiday of 2021 is dangling over fire it's like it's gonna get pushed to next year it's very likely now i'm not saying that's gonna happen with battlefield 6 but if i were you i would not be putting this on my christmas list right now okay Battlefield games typically release in late october or november so that's when to expect it if it does land this year whether or not 
It'll be called Battlefield 6 is Unknown. Now, the images, okay, this is what was tweeted. I'm not going to retweet or share for obvious reasons, but yes, the two Battlefield images that have been leaked in the past hour are real. So they confirmed, yep, those are real. That's, that's, that's from the game. So if you've seen those images, one is from the cockpit of something and another is like looking at like an island. Those are in fact legitimate. Now, next up, Resident Evil Village. We know that it launches this week on May the 7th. I will be playing that on the gaming channel. So if you're watching this later, always remember to support SNTR Gaming. This channel is all about discussion and dialogue and a live radio show, but we got a gameplay channel. So be sure to check out SNTRGaming.com. It'll take you to the channel, or you can just search on YouTube for SNTR Gaming. Now, coincidentally, I mean, we're going to be playing Resident Evil 7 as a lead up to Resident Evil 8, and according to Game Rant, they reported on this, uh, Resident Evil Village director Mor- uh, Morimasa Sato, oh, I'm, I, hopefully I'm, I'm not butchering that too bad. According to this director, the development on Resident Evil 8 actually started before Resident Evil 7 was even out, okay? Speaking to IGN, this director revealed that the game started development about six months before Resident Evil 7's launch. Now, They were instructed by his boss, he was instructed by his boss at Capcom to start planning the next Resident Evil game while Resident Evil 7 was still in development. When it was first conceived, it was unclear if the Village game would also be a first-person game as the developers didn't know how Resident Evil 7 would be received by fans. So you gotta remember something. Resident Evil is traditionally not a first-person game. It used to be sort of third-person, quasi-isometric, and then it sort of translated into maybe third-person kind of over-the-shoulder. And then Resident Evil 7 was the first time they decided to do a first-person perspective Resident Evil game. It was a big deal. Now, I loved Resident Evil 7. I'm looking forward to playing it again with you guys, as well as Resident Evil Village. So you can understand why privately they might have been sketching out and scoping out what they were going to do with the story in Village, but maybe not necessarily landing on whether or not it would be a first-person game, okay? Now, this isn't the first we've heard of a Resident Evil Village development starting early. It's not the first time. Leaker, aesthetic gamer, alluded to as much in the past and has suggested that Resident Evil 9 has already started development as well. That that has me very excited because I like when stories tie together in games like this. This would be a nice three-piece set, seven into eight, eight into nine. With Capcom itself confirming that Resident Evil Village development started six months prior to Resident Evil 7's launch, it makes it much easier to believe that Resident Evil 9 is in active development, even with Village having yet to release. So, if you're a fan of Resident Evil games... This should have you very excited. It means they're taking great care to put a lot of time into these games. Games these days are notorious for having too small of a development window, and then they end up being very ill-received or, or, or shoddy or not that great. So the fact that Resident Evil Village was in development before 7 even launched means that we're likely about to face a very, very high-quality game, as well as that 9 is also already in development. It could also mean that the story elements that are tied together are more directly traceable uh, and more concrete, which is going to make playing through 7 this week really enjoyable as a lead-up to 8. If you haven't played 7, I highly encourage you to do that if you're looking forward to 8, because I thought 7 was a masterpiece. Everything except for the final boss fight I thought was perfection uh, in that game. They contextualized that brand very, very well into the more modern era. 
Uh, lastly, the Valve Steam antitrust lawsuit. So if you're unaware, Valve owns Steam, and Steam is the largest platform on PC for games, and an indie developer, it's it's Humble Bundle, but it's Wolfire Games, okay? So this is according to uh, Artesnica.com. You can see it there on screen. I don't know how to say that, but they reported this. So Wolfire Games has filed a proposed class action lawsuit against Steam creator Valve. Now, the reason it's proposed class action, they're maybe hoping that all these other developers jump on. Okay, they're saying the company is wielding Steam's monopoly power over the PC gaming market to extract, quote, an extraordinarily high cut from nearly every sale that passes through the store, 30%. Now, this is how Epic tried to be competitive. Epic takes a, a much smaller percentage, and Epic was trying to scoop up a lot of uh, exclusivity. People really hard on Epic, but I think this lawsuit is going to start to unearth things that might show you Steam isn't exactly as pure as the driven snow in this market. People were really angry about the way Epic tried to take a cut of the market by buying exclusivity, but also trying to be competitive with their with with their uh, with their revenue share. The suit includes a laundry list of competitors that have tried to create their own platforms to take on Steam's monopoly, including CD Projekt Red, EA, Microsoft, Amazon, and Epic. Okay. The lawsuit argues, so this is the argument. This is this is essentially what what they're 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 stating in the case. Steam's lock-in effects mean none of these stores have been able to make much of a dent in Valve's monopoly position despite plenty of well-funded attempts. Even the Epic's Game Store, which spent hundreds of millions of dollars securing exclusives and free game giveaways, has a market share of only a little above 2% according to one-sided analysis. So the Epic Game Store threw millions at this, and they barely made a dent, okay? And they could afford it with Fortnite's success. They're printing money, but even with their pockets as deep as they are, they didn't make much of a change. Now, this is where it gets more interesting, at least for me. It's not just about Steam being so large and making it impossible for anybody else to get a foot in the door. You might say, look, they got there first. Right? Early adopters win the prize. If you get into content creation, you know this. People that have done the channel and the work well before you are going to have a huge advantage. They got there first. Steam got there first. But this is where it gets more interesting. It, th- this lawsuit argues Steam's pricing protection is an anti-competitive restraint that ensures that Valve can stop competing game stores from offering consumers a lower price on Steam-enabled games in order to shift volume from the Steam store to their storefronts. Because of Valve's pricing protections, rival distributors have no meaningful way to attract publisher customers and take away share from Valve because their efforts to compete on price by charging a lower commission are blocked by Valve's price parity requirements. Thus, Valve faces little to no competitive pressure on its 30% commission structure. Okay. In other words, Valve is making it re- competitively restrictive for these other platforms to compete on price because they have this this protection on the price in place. So anytime if you're a rival distributor, you cannot try to take away from them. They have that locked in. So you're basically stuck. There is no way to be competitive. They're blocking that. So it's not just that they're the biggest. It's not just that they take a 30% commission structure. They also have an anti-competitive restraint in place with pricing protection, making it impossible for any platform to truly compete. This is one of the reasons people really got angry at Epic, because Epic 
had to go and get creative. They had to buy exclusivity so that that was the only place you could get the game or pay for, essentially, we're going to make your game free to play as a way to make the Epic Store appealing to people. And even with all that money spent, Epic didn't make a dent. So I'm not sure if anything will come to this. If other companies start to break and, and, and sign on to this class action lawsuit and say, listen, this has been killing us. This has been very, very hard. We, we weren't able to even you know launch our game or we didn't have success because of this. They could potentially have a case on their hands with specifically the anti-competitive restraint element with the pricing protection. So those are your three micro stories. If you like this video, hit, hit the subscribe and the bell button. You can be here live for the discussion. I'm going to shift to a poll read through people took a poll in the live audience they're here right now so if you want to be here for that hit the subscribe and the bell button and show up for these new segments and i hope i see you in the next video thanks for listening to the second part of the show where i read through people's poll responses on the various topics again as a reminder if you're listening to this elsewhere you can catch me live on youtube monday through friday at sntrlive.com we'd love to see you come join these discussions and i ask people you know battlefield 6 resident evil village and the valve steam lawsuit which interests you the most and we got 405 votes so far so a good voter turnout after just uh about uh an hour and a half of running it and most folks are saying Battlefield 6, not surprising. This audience is very much rooted in shooters, first-person shooters especially. And um, so, so Battlefield 6 has 51% of the vote, Resident Evil Village with 28%, and 20% on the Valve Steam lawsuit. Now, these polls are influencing the next day's uh, focus topic. And unfortunately, there's not enough to focus on Battlefield 6 in the next episode, or in the next live stream, I should say. But, but, it is interesting that so many people are interested in Battlefield, and we know very little right now, even with as little as we know, and with just two leaked images, we are already seeing a, a, a surge of interest uh, in the game. And Creature says, we're number one in three and five when I'm logged in, and we're second when logged out. Oh, well, that's good. Well, thanks to the new folks, and uh, thanks for YouTube for giving us some love today on the uh, that hopper. Uh, Mythrax responded to the poll and said, for me, I can't wait for RE8. The story seems really awesome and special with how they're showing Chris as a bad guy. Uh, I can't wait uh, for Resident Evil Village, mainly because Resident Evil 7 was such a pleasant surprise for me. If you guys were around back then when we, uh, we we, we got into that, it was out of my wheelhouse. I didn't really play scary games back then. I was very much a one dimensional, just this one game streamer. And that was something that really, you know, I think kept me in a bit of a lane and it was comfortable. I mean, everybody that'll tell you anything about content creation will tell you, you get into a comfort zone and you don't want to break out of it. And that is a, that is a very, very common thing. Um, you're, you're going to find people will tend to gravitate and stick to their main game. And so whenever I kind of broke out, I was like, all right, let's, let's, let's break out of this. Let's break out of this mold here and let's check out this Resident Evil game. And obviously, I grew up watching my brother play all the Resident Evil games, and I just didn't find it interesting. I didn't want to play. And I thought Resident Evil 7, very 
in a very very good way contextualize the resident evil brand the the need for survival the need for finding things and making things the menu system obviously was very reminiscent of the old school games and you gotta like find the safe room and when you're in the safe room you're like oh my gosh and you're like you know scrounging over your stuff and so Soldier on Music, I think Resident Evil 7 is definitely worth a buy. I'm going to be playing through it this week on the gaming channel to lead into Resident Evil 8. It's like, I think it was $20, maybe $30 in in, in Steam this morning uh, when I bought it. Oh, I didn't save the email. Uh, Camp Booyah, thank you for renewing your membership and getting yourself a blue badge. Thanks for continuing to click the join button on this channel. And so... I think Resident Evil 7 is definitely worth playing. Keep in mind, you know, it, it, it's it, it's going to lead right into uh, it's going to lead right into you know, the next one. Um, so, I, I would I would say, very, very worth playing. The only thing that's a bit of a downer is the final boss fight. Uh, the PS Store, it's bundled with 8 for 70. There you go. If you have a PlayStation, you can buy it bundled for 70 bucks. Um, there you go. Yeah, I would buy it bundled. I'm telling you right now, you got all week to get through 7. I'm going to get through 7 pretty quickly because I've played through it before. You'll take a little bit longer because, you know, the puzzles will take you, you know, you'll, you'll have to find your way. Uh, things will start clicking up like, oh, I remember this. Oh, I remember this. But it's fantastic. It's terrifying. The art style is amazing. It's gruesome. It's disturbing. It's everything you want a Resident Evil game to be. Um, and as we read today... As we read today from that report, it was very, very much a gamble for them to go first person, uh, you know, to to decide to say, all right, listen, we've traditionally been third person over the shoulder or third person isometric, and so we're, we're going to break from that mold. And I think that was a great decision. Now, obviously, I'm a little biased, but I think that the immersive nature of Resident Evil 7 it's one of the reasons I liked it so much I got on a horror game kick after that I played Layers of Fear a lot of a lot of horror games I tried to get in didn't necessarily click for me but I think it captured the immersive fear there's it's one thing to be jump scared when you see your character running around and getting attacked it's another thing when you're literally in the head of the character and seeing it happening um you hate RE7. I love the traditional style games. Now, th- that's worth saying. That's worth saying, not to be a Debbie Downer, but there were a lot of fans of Resident Evil that did not like Resident Evil 7. They felt like it was too significant of a departure from the genre, from the game. But for me, it was a catalyst into that world. It was one of the reasons I played the Resident Evil remake. What was it, 2, I think? Now, I didn't play the B-side, but I loved that. I thought it was excellent. I thought it was really fun. I thought it was really scary. Uh, and I, I think that the B-side felt like it wasn't much. It was just I could get into new rooms now. All the jump scares were kind of exhausted. But I liked it. I really, really liked it. And uh, we'll see. We'll see how RE8 feels. And Zivik is saying, I didn't like how bullet spongy the enemies are. One of the weird things they do in Resident Evil is they don't necessarily tell you what to do or how to approach the enemies, but there are definitely times where you have to let go of the idea that you're going to kill everything in the room. It's about slowing and evading, and that was one of the things I really struggled with in RE7 is I wanted to kill everything, and sometimes you can't do that. You've got to kind of like get around them. And so maybe I've not played anything or even seen anything from Resident Evil 8 
other than like the really tall vampire lady that everybody wants to get stepped on by um that's all i've really seen because her picture is everywhere uh it's hilarious to me but the the gameplay i haven't paid much attention to so i'm speculating I'm speculating that it's possible sometimes when something's really spongy and really hard to kill and you're wasting all your very valuable ammo on it, that's they want you to feel that because they want you uh, to skip it or to bypass it. So, Next comment on the poll from Matt. As an old man, I'm still only a one-game dude. Uh, thus, the news of the gaming industry is mostly not interesting to me. Um definitely take a look at BF6 when it lands though, I think um, I, I don't know I, I think Battlefield even if you're a one game guy, man I don't know, the Battlefield games are usually very high quality Battlefield 5 I never went back and played Battlefield 1 that was the one that launched where uh, they had the art, the, the art wallpapers with like the guy from today's thumbnail and then there was like the girl and everybody got like really angry about it there being a girl or something I don't, I don't know like sometimes I think like a couple of trolls get angry and then people are like men everywhere are angry and it's like no we're not like a couple of idiots spoke up in any case I never went and played the Battlefield 1 I played Battlefield 5 I think that was the one I played with the various stories and the way that it was like cinematically and character and narratively driven was excellent my favorite part was where we were in that landscape with all of the windmills and the sun was setting very memorable setting they did an excellent job in that game um they they did an excellent job in that game establishing the environments and the stories so i i thought it was well worth a play wise wolf thank you for renewing your membership and getting yourself that purple badge or keeping the purple badge whichever it is thank you welcome back Battlefield 5 was the one with the uproar over the girl? Oh, I thought that was Battlefield 1. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I didn't quite understand. I don't really remember what that was about. Were people trying to wax eloquent about being a history buff, and then they all got shut down because it was it was actually accurate that, there, that that did take place during that era of war? Not that it was rare. It was rare, but it happened and people were acting like it didn't happen. I can't quite remember what the controversy was. Um, Battlefield 1 was fun until they split the player base with the DLC maps. Huh. It was a girl, but also robot arm on a character. Oh, really? Huh. Well, yeah, I the, the, the DLC decision is weird to me because both respawn and 343 have made it very clear that one of the worst things you can do is monetize maps because you fragment your player base so i i i'm surprised that companies still gamble with that you know what i mean um getting back to work keep working hard oh you're good wise wolf you're good dude you're good the girl thing is for the prosthetic arm and soldiers with prosthetics were not allowed okay well I think, since it's a video game, couldn't we say that somebody would have snuck in? You know what I mean? They uh, they weren't going to let Steve Rogers in because of all of his ailments, and no one was like, now that's just historically inaccurate. He never would have made it through the screening process. Of, of course, that's exactly right. And he did for the sake of the story 
and the sake of Captain America's origin. You know what I'm saying? No one's raising a stink about that. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. I, you know, they also said it was an alternate history. Right. Yeah. Just like, you know, Captain America. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. (laughs) It was historically inaccurate, which is why people got so mad. Not because it was a woman. Okay. I remember, I thought people were making about the fact that it was a woman. Uh, I think the stink also claimed to be was that they also claimed to be super realistic or something. Oh, really? Uh, in any case, I didn't play that one. So, uh, they literally said it was an alternate uh, history game. Yeah, you're not going to like famous fights and fighting famous people like you do in some of the other games. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like they rewrote a story. You know what I'm saying? Here's a famous battle where some tank some tank captain, lieutenant, or whatever the frick won the fight and they changed who it was. They're like, what do you mean? That was, you know, that was Samuel, you know, that was Samuel Smith and you changed to this other person. They're not doing that. (laughs) You know, people want games to be realistic and then they try and cancel. Yeah, that other game that they're trying to cancel. Heartless One responded to the poll and says, I'm excited to watch you play Resident Evil 8. Vampires are my thing. I can't wait to see how they bring vampire into a zombie game. Uh, Resident Evil Village has that appeal of just scary, you know, and I don't like when they do this, though. I mean, this, this might get a little busy, but there was a game called, like, Lust from Beyond or something, and it was like a scary game with all kind of like nudity and stuff in it and a lot of like sexual stuff. And I was like, I don't like when those two worlds collide. I, I, I don't know. To me, it's like orange juice and toothpaste. They're fine when they're separate, but when you bring them together, I'm like, Ugh, this tastes weird. Like, I don't like when those two things combined. So I'm hoping they don't really push the envelope too hard with this scary vampire who's you know, super busty and hot. I, I, I don't know that I, I don't know. To me, it's like, if it's going to be grotesque and weird and gross, can we not bring that other element in? It just feels weird to me. Um, I don't know. That's the only thing that doesn't happen in the, in, in resident evil seven. It's just awful and terrible and terrifying. There's no like sexy angle. Um, so I'm never going to shame anybody who's like, ooh, vampires, and that's like your thing. Or I don't know, maybe you're into like leather and whips and stuff. Great for you. But for me, again, it's just is like, these things are awesome. When you pair them together, I feel weird about that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, we're going to try and jump into 7 today. Yes, we're going to play some Returnal and then switch to 7. Um, it's not like that at all. I mean, obviously in that picture, she's, you know, you're, you're seeing, you're seeing her tracks of land, but like, it's not necessarily going to be a, oh, wow. She, you know, her, she's doing stuff to me. Like she's trying to kill you. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to yuck your yum. I'm not going to yuck your yum. If, 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 if that's your thing, uh, if, if, if that's your thing, cool. Uh, I don't know. To me, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's like toothpaste and orange juice. They're great by themselves. And when you bring them together, it, it gives me a weird taste. And there are people that probably don't think that. So anyway, 
<laughs> anyway, uh, Kevin C says, can't wait for uh, RE Village. Same. Uh, Tommy Humphrey says, the lawsuit is the most interesting thing to me only because I have zero clue what it is about and I am curious. Um, I'm more curious to see if it gets any traction. I'm actually more curious about that. It's like, okay, sure, lawsuits happen all the time, but they don't always lead to, like, anything. You know what I mean? It might it might literally not go anywhere. I'm more interested to see that. You know what I mean? What did the boss look like this? Okay, that's not the same, though. Like, it, it's totally different. If you put Jason Momoa in a game, you're clearly trying to drive up you know the the heart rate of any of any living person so it's not the same at all like you're cheating you know what i'm saying you know that jason momoa is a cheat card like it's a cheat code if you put him in it's not fair <laughs> in any case in any case um i'm the same way says ryan combining horror and like eroticism is just yeah again if that's something somebody's into you know more power to you uh and and, and good for you but for me uh, it's, uh, again, it's just an odd combination that doesn't, that doesn't ever, uh, sit well with me. You know, it's like a mixed drink that I take a sip of and I'm like, nah, that's not for me. So, uh, Jiffy Nano says, I can't wait for a new Battlefield set in a more modern time period. Some of my best gaming memories is Battlefield 3 and 4. Also, Tall Hot Lady Keck. There you go. There you go. Uh, Battlefield 6 could be a contender. It could be a contender because, you know, Call of Duty is, uh, is huge. Um, Call of Duty's huge, and the appeal is there, and apparently they're throwing everything they have behind Call of Duty, like every single uh, studio underneath their, sort of their jurisdiction is being put in charge of COD, or being put onto COD, uh, to help with it. And so, um, it's very, very clear that they're, they're setting themselves up to be the, the modern shooter because Apex doesn't fit that bill Valorant doesn't fit that bill Fortnite doesn't fit that bill so Call of Duty is taking center stage once again as the modern shooter and Battlefield could come in and offer an alternative in the same way that you know Valorant came in and was like well yeah it's a lot like CSGO but you have Overwatch abilities and this could be like well yeah it, it, it's similar in some respects to Call of Duty but there's all these really amazing vehicles and huge fights and destructible buildings and stuff so there is there, I think there is an element of uh, there's an element of, of differentiation here that could serve Battlefield really really well it's an established name too with a really really loyal fan base Battlefield games do well, um, and they've and they've got a following. So it's possible that there's a lot of fans of Battlefield that have been jumping into things like Warzone and other other elements of the Call of Duty franchise right now, and have been looking forward to maybe a big Battlefield themed, um, you know, what what's Battlefield's take going to be on that large sort of battle royale, and so that could be that. It could be that uh, that alternative choice that 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 actually you know suddenly takes off. It has potential. I actually think that the Apex game mode arenas has that in its corner. That it's suddenly going to be the alternative to the other tactical shooters out there, and it's going to bring its own identity to the game to the, to the mode, and then that's going to make it really appealing. 
Battlefield could do something very, very similar. They could bring their identity to the table and stand out and do very, very well because the Call of Duty dominance is notable and and obviously verifiable. You can look at the player, uh, the player projections, the player trends, as well as the fact that they're they're pouring everything they can into uh, Battlefield. I'm sorry, into Call of Duty. You can see that, right? You can see that. But there's always room for that pivot to become bigger than the established, uh, the establishment. It happened when we went from pub uh, from H1 to PUBG, from PUBG to Fortnite. These these pivots in the industry uh, they happen, and I, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if the massive backing that Call of Duty is getting is in some respects. It's in some respects related to, you know, the fact that there's other games that are going to want to try and take a slice of that pie. And they're like, no, we're going to make Call of Duty, you know, undeniably, you know, so, so large and so, so dominant. Um, I just noticed that you went back to the classic SNTR logo. Yeah, I decided that it it made sense for the channel to be titled SNTR Presents because that's basically what we do here. But I also decided that there was an element of fear there of like, you know, using the Say No to Rage name and logo was sort of like, oh no, like is that permanently marred? And I've kind of of the opinion that if it's marred and companies don't want to work with me, fine. Frick them. Like, I don't care. Um, we, we move, we move products. We, uh, you know, we launched our own coffee because the coffee company wanted to just ice me and never respond to my, you know, request to consider working together again. So, you know, frick them. You know, put your virtue signaling in the bank account and see if it collects interest. I'm going to be selling my own stuff. So I was like, you know what? We're bringing back the logo. Like, we're going to we're gonna go buy Santa to Rage. Even though Santa to Rage, we don't use it for literally anything anymore. Um, yeah, I don't care. So, had to be alone for a moment. <laughs> Rad. Uh, Roger said, I'm super hyped for Battlefield 6. I'm just craving... The pure fun days I have with my friends in Battlefield 3 and 4 and everything, that those just fell flat. Um, yeah, I got in I got into Battlefield into, into, into a similar way. Uh, I got into Battlefield in a similar way. Uh, it was the it was the old one. The, what was it? 1942, I think. Um, so, that to me uh, was, was like the, the catalyst. Um, so, yeah, I agree, Rad. I agree. We're in agreement about that. We uh, we we can we can share that together. The the the, the our thoughts on Gal. <laughs> uh, I I I actually don't think she's from here. I don't. I think Gal is Gal Gadot is proof of uh, of extraterrestrials because I think that someone dropped her off from somewhere. They were like they studied our civilization, they studied humanity, and they said, okay. Let's see what happens when we when we essentially bring a sculpture to life and then, you know, make her charming and adorable and like a, a brave warrior in real life. Um, and let's just see how the humans respond to it. <laughs> it's a big elaborate experiment. She's not she's not a human being, dude. She's from somewhere else. She she really, really is. Um, so <laughs> Uh, the conversation between the way that live service and complete single player games drive player engagement may be an interesting conversation I'm not sure how many views that the topic would get um 
you know, go to Israel and just sit on the beach. You, you, what are we? Are we planning a vacation? I mean, that—that's we can. Well, we can do that. I mean, if we if if that's a research project, let's get some funding and uh, let's go. You know, we we can research that together. <laughs> yes, our findings have have concluded. Um, these people are beautiful. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway. That would be one of the greatest research projects ever. Mac2099 says, Village looks amazing. I'm also excited for Battlefield 6, but after the last game, I'm going to be cautious. Uh, that's actually understandable. I, I think anytime a, a, a franchise kind of f- fumbles or falters, you know. But hey, look, Call of Duty fumbled and faltered quite a bit. You had, you had Black Ops 3, and then you had Advanced Warfare. If they can, if they can course correct... Uh, you know, if they can course correct, then anybody can, anybody can. So I would, I would think Battlefield is in a position to recapture their identity and recapture their, uh, their, not just their core audience, but a new audience. I think, um, think about it like this, right? Think about it like this in general. Okay. I, ju- I, I literally just thought of this, so my brain's kind of going a mile a minute here. But track with me here. Don't you think what Battlefield offers is more readily suited to where players are now than they are than they were back then? Does that make sense? So the large-scale battles and the vehicles and the larger areas and stuff, it was a little bit less appealing back then. Why? Because the arena shooter had been established as sort of the go-to. Call of Duty was so popular. I mean, Battlefield even started offering some of the smaller modes just because they knew that that's what a lot of people were looking for. So it's, it's entirely possible. It's entirely possible that the... the, the the product that Battlefield offers is more suited for right now, right? It, the, 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 the general audience that plays H1, PUBG, Fortnite, Apex, and, uh, and, and Call of Duty Warzone, they're going to be more receptive to a game like Battlefield now than they probably were in the past. Why? Well, it's, it's in a closer lane. It's in a closer hemisphere. That could be a really, really great runway for Battlefield to use, you know, to... to to spring off of there, there could be really really good things that come from that specifically for their launch I there's 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 I just remember at the time that was one of the barriers for a lot of people oh battlefield the maps are big the matches last forever there's vehicles and, blah, and it's like I think that the general gaming audience now might be more receptive to a game of that size because of the the, the metamorphosis that has taken place. Not that smaller scale arena style combat is not still potentially very popular, but but I think that everything has kind of shifted in a in a good way, potentially for uh for for Battlefield to be more popular. It's possible. Uh Coming soon to Xbox Game Pass. So this was announced. These are the games um, coming soon. So the only one, let's see, one of these is console only. Red Dead Online will be a console only launch for Game Pass. And Remnant from the Ashes will be a PC only launch. Um, 
cloud and console is also only available the game called steep uh ea play will be available on both console and pc builders 2 something builders 2 i'm not sure what that says uh final fantasy xx2 what in the world and then outlast and then just cause 4 reloaded so some some solid titles there coming to game pass for all of you uh, xbox owners um did they just remove horizon zero dawn from xbox game pass it never was on xbox game pass that is a uh that is a playstation title unless you're thinking they just removed it from ps plus maybe that's what you meant to type uh, Horizon Zero Dawn was part of the Game at Home initiative uh, with PlayStation. Um, and so maybe they removed it from that. It was a Game at Home thing. It might still be there. I don't know. I haven't checked. I downloaded it when it was available. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Perfect Paradox says, Battlefield 4 was one of my favorite games. I'm interested to see where they'll take it. I'm glad it looks like they're going back to the modern era I hate to say that I agree but I agree I think the modern era is more appealing these days I just I don't know stepping back to world war the setting the colors the vehicles the weapons that era is just so overdone now I I just I I don't know about you I I hate to say this about games that are worked on and people kind of pour their passion and their care into it but the minute I see just like like the world war helmets and the tanks and stuff I, I'll see a game announced and I see that 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 style and I'm like oh no I don't want to play that dude <laughs> like I don't want to play that man um again, there are other people that are going to be like, you know, think very differently on this and maybe, you know, as Sven is saying, he prefers the World War shooters. I just can't. As soon as I see the artwork uh, or the gameplay, I just, I just don't think so. Can we talk about how crappy it is what Activision is doing with the fact that they're taking all their studios and forcing them on Call of Duty? Kind of glad Bungie got out, TBH. I mean, we don't know the exact reasoning behind it. I, it could just be that there aren't enough projects right now to back. I don't know. I, I would need more info on whether or not I would agree with your take. I would need more info. Um, at the current time, at the current time, I don't. I don't have enough info um, to say whether or not it's crappy or bad or oh, I'm glad Bungie got out. Um, my my opinions about um, you know. Bungie have obviously pretty dramatically shifted uh, and you know more and more is going to come out about that company I I don't I don't think that the the glass door reviews are the end I think it's just the beginning Um, this idea that like they got out and they're that you know Activision's the big bad I think people's opinions about that are going to slowly change over time the more that the public sees what's been going on and I don't know. The more they, the more they do stuff with their game, I think that's going to be a continued uh, opinion shift. As far as all the other companies being "quote unquote" forced to work on Call of Duty, again, I, I just I don't necessarily know if that take is uh, accurate that that they're being forced. Um, it's you know that's what's going to happen when you're owned by a publisher. You know that's not that's not something that's beyond the uh, the scope of possibility and it's 
you're darned if you do and darned if you don't in these situations a lot of the times because in 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 some of these circumstances these publishers these i'm sorry these developers wouldn't exist if it weren't for publishers buying them and keeping them alive or buying them and funding their projects so i um i i don't I don't always think it's as easy. Everybody wants to imagine that we live in Disney World, like or like a Disney version of the world, I should say. We live in this Disney version of the world where every scenario has a villain and every scenario has a of like a victim, right? It's very uh <laughs> oh, well, this gets freaking busy, but the the worldview of 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 the culture now is being being very heavily influenced by that idea. Uh, it has its roots in all kind of stuff that are buzzwords for all kind of um, hyperbolic tribalistic disagreement. So I'm being very careful here, but I think it's infected everything. Like the way people look at these situations, they're like, "Well, surely Activision is the villain, and everybody else attached to this is the victim." right that's how people view reality now that they they cannot in, in they cannot entertain the idea that these developers went along with this or went into this knowing this sort of thing could happen they accepted the money they accepted the circumstances they're not some unwitting blindsided victim in the scenario like they signed contracts, they took fat checks and agreements, and part of that, it comes with a heavy cost, you know, sometimes. So, um, I don't know. In 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 my mind, the well the respawn Titanfall 2 thing, yeah, it's probably like an 80-20 thing. EA heavily influenced the launch window of Titanfall 2 and it really hurt it. But ultimately, you know, Respawn chose the launch window. Now, they may have been given terrible choices, like, you're going to launch here, here, or here, and they chose the one that they thought, like, well, this might be the best? I you know, I don't know. Um, so again, it's it's never as pure as, here's the, here's the villain and here's the victim. Um, that's the engine that our culture runs on right now, because... It gives people a sense of righteousness and purpose to say this person, this entity, this business is villainous and I am the righteous warrior trying to take them down. It gives people a lot of self-importance when they don't have any. Um, It's like what Tyler Durden says in Fight Club. He says we're the middle child of history. We have we have no wars to fight. We have we have no identity. Our war that we're fighting is for our lives. And Essentially, I think that commentary summarizes very much of what drives this kind of dialogue where everybody wants to be like a hero and the easiest way to be a hero is to create a villain to beat up, uh, you know, and to make everyone look awful, um, you know. They chose to launch directly against Call of Duty. That's what the studio had said. They wanted to compete head-to-head with COD. Right, but Wheezy, it's not as simple as Respawn being like, we're going to take down Call of Duty. That was very much at the behest and the influence of EA. That was shared on a, on a, on a call. There was a shareholder's call where EA essentially said they wanted to use Titanfall 2 to essentially do that, to, to try to carve out from... Call of Duty. They were trying to do like a double header. They wanted the Battlefield and the Titanfall games to land as as like a as like 
double whammy shots across the bow against Call of Duty. Now, how much did Respawn have a say in that in that launch window? I don't know. Everything I ever read or heard up to now has indicated it was largely pushed by EA, as was stated on an EA shareholders call, where they assured people that they were fully invested in the future of that franchise, even after the launch window. So, I, I don't know. Uh, to me, it it's it's probably shared blame, but it's like the shared blame with Anthem and EA pushing very very hard for Bioware to use the Frostbite engine, and they didn't want to, but they did because of the revenue share, and they were strongly encouraged to. So we don't know how much of that decision on the launch window was basically kind of like a yeah, you really want to do this because we think that you should. Uh, you know, kind of a, kind of a scenario. So, the next comment on the poll uh, from Behemoth: Battlefield pass through a lot of issues, and I hope they get back on track. I I hope so as well. I, I think anytime you have another another big shooter on the landscape, that's good. It's good to have that competition. It's good to have options. You know what I mean? It's, it's good to be like, hey, there's uh, there's other games that we can play right now. Like, Call of Duty's doing great stuff. I, I, you know what my number one concern is for Battlefield? Is they're stepping onto a landscape that is arguably terrible um, because of cheaters and toxicity. Um, the, the cheaters are potentially... Cheaters are potentially cannibalizing the very thing that they claim to love which I I don't even know if that's the right way to put it I don't know if cheaters would ever claim to love gaming I think they love cheating Um, it's kind of like what we talked about with the the card packs in those sports games where the way somebody starts to interact with that sports game they interact with the card packs they don't interact with the game if that makes sense so uh, in light of that, in light of that, I wonder if that starts to happen here where people don't even really engage with the game anymore. They're engaging with cheating in the game. So they're not even playing the game as a fan of the game. They're playing the game as a cheater. Like cheating has become the way they experience the game. Like, buying card packs has become the way so many people engage with those sports games. And unfortunately, it's a it's a destructive force. It's a massively destructive force in the industry. Uh, even recently, there was uh, there's an article reporting about a developer that said they didn't even want to engage with the community anymore because of the toxicity. Uh, let's see, where did it go? Paradox Interactive says that you know player toxicity is driving players away from their uh, gamers and I'm sorry developers away from their forums so Paradox as a developer is saying we don't even really want to engage with the community like why would we willfully subject ourselves to abuse just to hopefully comb through a pile of a a pile of feces for for you know one gold nugget of truth you know the stench isn't worth it and I don't know the solution, but I can speak in principles as someone that's been in content creation for a really long time and has dealt with the public. Generally speaking, you have to attack this sort of a situation twofold. You have to 
you have to try to do your best to use moderation tools to silence the haters. You just have to. Just get them the frick out of there. Oh, you were toxic and nasty? Boom. Gone. Banned. Why? You, this isn't a right. This is not a right. This is a privilege. It's a privilege to come and use these forums, and you're acting like an idiot, so go somewhere else. Banned. And you don't even make a big stink about it, right? So you have to have moderation in place, but you also have to see that that moderation brunt, brunt, blunt, like I was going to say brutal or, or, or blunt, like blunt force object, that, that brutal garrison just landing and being like, no, we're not going to, we are not going to let that happen here. That has to be coupled with not drawing a lot of attention to it. Do you see? Christopher with the $5 tip says the landscape has changed as well. Is EA thinking of putting in a BR mode in Battlefield 6, which I wouldn't put past them. Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if there's some form of a battle battle royale mode um, in Battlefield 6. Um, so think of it this way. Trolls are usually people that are looking for a power grab because they have no power in and of themselves. It's why they attach themselves to streamers and content creators, right? It's a parasitic relationship. It's like a parasite on the bottom of a giant whale, right? The whale is so big that a parasite like that, a parasitic relationship forms, and that guy's just kind of cruising along the bottom. Now, in the ocean, a lot of these bottom feeders end up being symbiotic because they remove a lot of stuff from the, the whales, you know, under under underbelly or even their teeth sometimes. And that's very, very helpful. Okay, now in the in the in the content creator world, their their existence is like codependent. If they didn't have anybody to hate, they'd have nothing to attach to and grab for power. So a lot of the times, the best thing to do is you just ignore them. They they're like, why you know I I why give them and grant them that power, right? Let them scream into the void. They're going to scream as loud as they possibly can because no one's paying attention to them. It's like the kid throwing the tantrum in the store. The further away the parents get, the more they scream. And eventually their will is broken and they stop screaming, right? You would hope. And in this scenario with forums and stuff, it's the same thing. A lot of these people are just unhappy, miserable, just miserable wretches that throw themselves on these forums and try to get attention and try to make everybody feel bad or whatever. And when a developer is like, oh, the toxicity is driving us away, you understand that a lot of those trolls take that as a victory. They do. They take it as a victory. They're like, yeah. When someone breaks down and cries on stream because they've been harassed so much or, you know, or they break down and get really angry like I did the one day. Trolls celebrate that because they're sadistic, disgusting people. Like, they they see that mental breakdown and they celebrate it because they're literally a piece of human garbage you would only celebrate someone quitting or leaving the forums or crying or having a mental breakdown if you're if you were a literal piece of scum like no no one in their right mind no no balanced person is going to be like oh yeah that let's celebrate that ha 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 that's a victory only a truly mentally deranged psychotic piece of human garbage would celebrate that so you have to see that with these forums and with the toxicity. You have to. You're, you, you cannot grant them a victory. They're human garbage. You can't. 
you take them to the curb and you leave them there to rot because it's what they deserve okay and that's that's the only approach here the approach is not to throw your hands up like oh yeah we just can't we're just not going to go to the forums that's like when you go to someone's house on that show hoarders and they've just given up and they're living in filth right it's like my gosh like you can't let that happen to your forums you you can't you can't let that happen to your landscape of interaction with the community because there are people that aren't like that most of the people that are truly awful they're they're actually a, a, a minority all you gotta do is watch twitter to see that there's like a couple of disenfranchised insane people that continue to go after me and everybody else won't say anything that's an indication of what's truly happening forums are the same thing man you're letting a percentage of your player base dictate the fact that like are you going to get into this are you going to do this now that's forums so that's one concern anytime a game like battlefield steps onto the landscape right now is you're going to get eviscerated by the negativity the trolls the forums whatever and then the second side of that coin is the cheaters cheaters are going to eviscerate your game they're going to ruin it and they don't care these people have essentially attached themselves to something bigger than themselves so they can suck the life out of it because they literally have nothing in their life that brings them joy. So, in this scenario with Battlefield 6 around the corner, I truly hope they have good anti-cheat in place and I truly hope they have a good wrangle on their forums and their feedback cycles because it's the, the piranhas are waiting. The, the piranhas are waiting. Eugene says, I think it's a very large percentage for that one dev. Like, they're literally unusable. That's why I started off by saying moderation is the key. Moderation is the key. You've, you absolutely must, you absolutely must have properly moderated forums, or you're never, ever, ever going to have a wrangle on it. And again, you make a couple examples of people, and, and, and most of these trolls, most of them are cowards. They are powerless cowards. You bop a couple of people pretty hard with permabans, take away their ability to play your game, like make make people make people sync their video game profile with their user profile on your forums and see how quickly all these big mouthed idiots shut up when you start banning them from the game and they lose all their progress, right? They want to go on there and spout a bunch of hate and a bunch of nastiness and be terrible, death threats, whatever the frick. Yeah, you start taking away their ability to play the game, a lot of these cowards will shut up in quick order. They they don't they don't have a spine, you know. They don't. And even if they do and they keep popping off, who cares? Ban them. Like how many times are they going to make a new account before they realize that, that that's just such a short road? Such a short road. So, you have to have those things in place. And the hope would be that Battlefield's ready for that because we just covered this last week, the cheating in Call of Duty. You know, you got a director, you got a director from Call of Duty saying like, look, some of our best work is being ruined. It's being ruined by cheaters. Some of our absolute best work is being ruined by cheaters. Like they're pouring their life into uh, in, into Call of Duty right now. What they feel is some of their best work of the franchise is getting eviscerated, you know, by cheaters. And it's really unfortunate to hear. Like, when you hear that, it's kind of gutting. It's like, my gosh. Like, w- imagine imagine watching that happen to what you've worked on. 
I mean, I, I sympathize with that, right? I sympathize with that. You know, horrible, hateful people on the internet destroyed everything that I had worked on, and video game developers have to watch it happen regu- regularly with cheating. So, um, you know. Uh, let's see, what else do we have here? A lot of Battlefield 6 commentary. Ghostwood says, new Battlefield 6 information is on my radar. I've become a fan of the franchise after playing Battlefield 5. I loved how anti-Call of Duty the map and the gameplay felt. Really curious where DICE decides to take the next entry. Uh, Battlefield 6 um, Battle Royale is a potential lineup. I, I really think so. I, I don't know. There, there's so many player expectations now in in the online gaming community that rallies around uh, shooters, there's a lot of expectations about what a game like that should have and should offer. And I wonder if Battle Royale is an assumed thing now. Now, here's the thing. Battlefield can do it in their own way. One of the things I think that Call of Duty Warzone did that was really excellent was Plunder. Plunder was essentially the the an iteration on Battle Royale that allowed people to not feel that sense of, I'm dead, it's over, that's it, time to go back. I think people get tired of that. I do. I think people get freaking worn out by that. And it's 100% understandable to feel that sense of, you know, why do I want to invest 20 minutes into getting loot, going here, getting all the way across the map, and some camper in a building or a bathroom or a closet or a living room or looking out a window, they end my run like that. Like, are they better than me or are they just more patient than me? Like, which is it? Not There's not a whole lot of room there to really even analyze, you know, what did you do that was wrong or what could you have done that was better? And... Uh, I, I, so I so I think that iteration of plunder was such a good move and battlefield could bring a similar like battlefield fingerprint to the battle royale world because they're already good at making really big battles really big maps and, and utilizing vehicles and things of that nature so it's 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 entirely possible that you'll see similar things here with battlefield they'll start dipping their toe into that world and trying to trying to carve out their own their own um, their own bracket if you will I could, I could definitely see that being a thing Wise Wolf says Battlefield 6 is by far my most anticipated game as always though I'm going to be patient and wait for the honeymoon stage of the game to die off so we have a more realistic view of the dialogue I think that's a nice approach that more gamers are, are clean are, are, are taking up uh, Mike Faz, I'm very interested to see where they take Battlefield 6. I love the series, but I hope they can improve the formula to make the series feel fresh again. Would love to see them in heavier uh, with squad-based combat. Uh, squad-based stuff is sweet, uh, but it can be a barrier. Um, it can. It can be a barrier for a lot of people because they're like, well, I don't have a squad or how do I get in a squad or I'm in a squad and they're not talking. Um, you know, uh, yeah, there nobody's on a mic or whatever. Like if the combat is dependent upon, um, if it's dependent upon communication and working together, especially, uh, especially in a game like Battlefield, 
I I would worry. I would worry that you're you're gonna you're gonna struggle. Um, you're gonna struggle to to enjoy that combat. You're gonna feel like you're playing by yourself and annoyed. And I love squad based stuff. I think this is what this was one of the the dilemmas and one of the potential hurdles for uh, what was it? Uh, Apex when it first launched. This idea that like everything is third is is three is three player. I think that was a potential hurdle that that made it a challenge for people to get into that game. And and I think you're going to see similar things happen with the Apex Legends arena mode. I think you are. I think people are going to be like, Ugh, you got to have a team or it just isn't going to work. That's a potential barrier. So squad-based stuff, squad-based objectives, squad-based team play is always, I think, super enjoyable when you're on a squad, everybody's got a mic, and everybody's working together, right? But it's not necessarily a... It's not an accessible player funnel, if that makes sense. You almost have to build up to that. Apex was pretty brave, I think. I I think that was a brave move to say... We're going to dip our toes into the battle royale and you are always with a team, you know? And so if you load up by yourself, you better work with the people. Now, they obviously had to be very thoughtful about that. They had to do things like, you know, picking somebody who's kind of in charge of the drop and then the ping system for, you know, for marking stuff. A lot of that, I think, was necessary or you'd never really had good synergy with, with strangers. It wouldn't have been possible, you know? So... Next comment on the poll here from uh, Fat Lump. Gotta be Battlefield. I enjoyed uh, Battlefield 5. I'm excited to see what they build on top of the great movement, gunplay, and map design of the Pacific Coast. Agreed. Uh, Kale Ollie says, I'm hyped about Resident Evil Village. I just played RE2 and 3 remakes and Resident Evil 7 on the PS5. Resident Evil Village demo looked amazing on ray tracing mode on PS5. Mostly, and it's mostly 50 to 60 FPS, even though they commented that it's 45 on the RT mode. I thought it was 40, uh, I thought it was 45 RT with 4k enabled i thought if you if you ran it i thought you could run the rt without 4k and still get 60 i watched it i watched a video on that and it was hard to see that like or hard to tell they were doing a lot of different testing they were doing a lot of different testing and and uh and it was it was consistently 60 on the ps5 with certain things on and certain things off or something i'm probably just gonna play it on pc um just because now that I can do pass through, I don't have to be like paranoid about playing a PC game. Uh, it'll it'll capture really cleanly. We now have a new monitor, so I can do my 120 hertz pass through um, through the capture card. So you guys will get a clean signal, and I can I can play at 120 or whatever it's going to run at on on PC. So, Battlefield always has struggles with team play. I pretty much uh, into play the locker map on Battlefield 4 because most of the other maps are so big and nobody plays as a squad. It mostly just wandering around. I remember when I would play Battlefield with my friends, one of the more frustrating elements of the game was that we would be playing the objective and doing everything we could to make it work. And nobody else would be right how's the new monitor i tested it out if you guys were in the discord you might have seen it over the weekend 
I one of the number one games that was giving me problem with capture was Outriders. So I got Outriders up and running, zero hitching, zero weird behavior with the settings that I know I need to run. I need to run 120 VSync and it captures beautifully. You guys don't get screen tearing or anything. And uh and I also booted up Serious Sam because Serious Sam was being kind of weird when we were running the uh the high frame rates and stuff. And so we um, we tested it out and we have great, great capture now on those games. See, the thing I was running into is I was monitor mirroring, which means I was sending the signal twice, once to my monitor and once to the capture card, and now I'm not doing that. The signal passes through the capture card, and so you guys get your signal and I get mine, and I don't have to dual... Uh, I, I don't have to dual, uh, you know, worry about that. Because it was, anytime we were doing that, like games like Horizon Zero Dawn, that port, Assassin's Creed, and then Outriders, those games just were not built for somebody to be monitor mirroring, because let's be honest, not a lot of people are doing that. Almost nobody is booting up a PC game in monitor mirroring. Almost nobody. You know, if a thousand people boot up a game on a given day, n- maybe one person's monitor mirroring for some purpose. So most games just weren't cut out for it It, it, like the game would do like this weird multi-layered signal thing and it would get like this weird black line and I always had this instinct that if we just did pass through it would fix it and Murph Dog sent me a monitor that had HDMI 2.0 or higher I think it has 2.1 because my capture card could do a 120 up to a 144 hertz pass through but it needed uh, an updated HDMI port. My really nice ASUS ROG monitor, great monitor, but you got to use DisplayPort on it if you want the higher refresh rates. You can't use the HDMI port on it; it lowers the refresh rates to sixty. Um, which that's a lot of techno babble to be like. I needed a new monitor with a new port. Is basically what I needed. These monitors are essentially one and the same with respect to quality, refresh rate, all that. However, however, they. Uh, they <laughs> the one did not have a port that the, that the other one had so let's refresh the poll results and see if we touch 500 hey we touched over 500 votes thank you everybody for taking the poll greatly appreciate it a couple more responses here sandy says i'm a resident evil fan my first one i played was resident evil 2 back 20 something years ago and she's got like a laughing crying face she's one of our our uh, our older gamers here <laughs> my favorite is code veronica uh nice can't wait for Resident Evil Village, I can't. I can't wait. I, I I love it. I love to be scared. I love to. I love to get spooked with the audience. It's going to be fun. And and Resident Evil Seven should deliver that this week. I'll remember some of the jump scares. I'm sure. Uh, I will. I, I'm sure I'll remember some of them. Um, but but, it would not surprise me if we get a lot of great jumps. Uh, from that game because of uh, <laughs> because of how easily I'm 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 jumpy man I'm jumpy uh, I really really am um, it's it's easy to get me to uh, to to kind of jump and and get scared I I I go full dude I go full in I get fully immersed in a game like head first I'm in this is why this is why now I don't know if they're gonna do a lot of this in Resident Evil Eight uh, games like Alien Isolation, Outlast, and then Layers of Fear 2. They put these failable areas in, and, um, oh, are those your tattoos, Heartless One? Those are cool. 
uh, they put these they put these failable areas in, and they said that they wanted it to actually feel like the threat of failure was actually something that was possible. For me, it kills the immersion when I have to play a part like two and three times because I keep getting the mechanics wrong, right? I, I keep getting the mechanics wrong. So, for me, that's always been an element of I prefer it to not necessarily be failable, right? You need a new TV. I know I need a new TV. I know you guys want me to put one on the wish list. Listen, if you guys want to rebel and make a recommendation and we throw it on the wish list and somebody does it, I'm not going to stop you. But like, you're going to be rebelling against Madam if you do that. <laughs> I actually have some ideas of what I want to do with the old TV. We could get a cool mount and put it behind me and slowly build like an actual news studio. Um, we're trying to get Displate to talk to us because we think Displate could be perfect for like a, the wall behind me and really get the scene set up nice for like a really nice like newsroom setup. You know what I mean? You have a Triforce on your thigh. Oh man, you got a lot of Zelda tats. That's cool. That's cool. 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 We've got uh, we got a lot of people here that have that do the tattoo thing. I think JSOC's got a bunch as well. Um, get whatever TV that Eugene got. True 120 hertz. Yeah, I would love to play Titanfall on my TV with the 120 hertz. I found out why it wasn't working. You have to like go in uh, and specifically, specifically turn that on in the Xbox. So you have a few. I thought you had like your whole arm. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else, Jstock. I thought Jstock had like his whole arm tatted up. Maybe you have a few, but they're just really big. I don't know. Sony X90 series is good. Relatively cheap, 124k. It's just not OLED. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Man, Harlow's one, you got you got a lot of ink there. I like the I like when it's all it if it's if it's gonna be lots of colors, I like the colors to really pop. So I, I like when it's just black ink like that too. I think it looks really clean. Um it trends on Reddit every once in a while. That tattoo of Tupac will end up trending on Reddit that's like hyper realistic. I would love to see the tattoo artist interviewed because I'm fairly certain the guy's skin underneath. I'm, I'm fairly certain it's a tat. It's it's black skin underneath, and I'm wondering how much of that played a part in the photorealism of his like of Tupac's skin. But then when you look at like his, he's got like a camo jacket on. It looks unbelievable. I can't. It's like how did somebody do this? How did somebody put this on another human being's skin? It looks like a painting. Like a hyper-realistic photographic like painting just on some dude's leg or arm or something. It's unbelievable. Every once in a while, that'll, that'll sort of retrend um, on, uh, on Reddit. And every time I see it, I think it looks fake. I'm like, that is unbelievable. Um, I would have loved to, to interview. Oh, your arms are covered. Yeah, I have a few. This guy. Uh-huh. Look at that. Um, uh... Do, 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 do. You're going to be getting a standardized reply from this place. Uh, had to submit for formalities. Our contact is this person. I don't know what that is, uh, creature. I don't know what that's for um, that you're putting there. I've, what's that company? Is that one of the ones we were looking into? Um, I can't remember. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They'd be great. They'd be great. Um, yeah. Yeah, that'd be super, super perfect because I'm, I could, you could send me another one because then I'd have two, and if Madam ever starts to join me on streams again, we'd have two. And I already, pref- I already support the high back ergonomics. Um, uh, so, reminds me of the guy from Impractical Jokers, Jaden Smith tattoo on his leg. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Uh, so. 
Those funds were clearly earmarked for badgers. <laughs> I just can't, man. I can't. Like, I have... If somebody were to do it and to be and to, and to just go that distance and be that generous like Murph Dog did, I just can't... I can't do it. I can't spend the money when something's working. Like, we have a 13-year-old plasma. It's a 720p. I'm not kidding you. It's a 720p. And my wife and I bought it 13 years ago. We'll be married uh, 14 years this month. And I just, I've got too much of like my dad's thought processes in my brain. I'm like, if it's working, why would I replace it? I just, I can't do it. Um, I don't know. Even, even with the monitor situation with the stream, I was like, I know it would solve a lot of these capture problems. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. And I know it would be a business expense and everything else. It was like, ah, it's working. You know, I'm not going to mess with it. So, I don't know. That's just how I am. I've seven twenty p. I know, I know. Every time we would go into Costco, I would look at the TVs. I was like, "Oh my gosh, the mother load!" And my wife would be like, "No," <laughs> and I'm like, "All right." <laughs> we just bought furniture for the living room. Cut me some slack. Cut me some slack, chat. We lost. We lost hundreds of thousands of dollars last year. So that wasn't really the thing that was on the docket. So, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, I don't know. That's just how I am. Rationalize it like buying a new cell phone. Oh, I won't buy a new cell phone until mine, like, literally won't work. I've been the, I'm the same way. You know what I mean? 720, that's like ditching the seven uh, the SM7B for a Fisher-Price mic. <laughs> oh, I see it. Trust me. When I play, like, really nice games on my TV, I see it. I see it. Although, my son was playing Pokemon Snap on our TV, and I think it does a 60 hertz refresh. And I was like, wow. I was like, that's great frame rate from the Switch. But, obviously, Pokemon Snap is a very contained environment. So, they're probably able to squeeze a full 60 FPS out of it. So... Okay, listen, we got more we need to do with the live show, so don't go anywhere. If you're listening to this recording on the podcast feeds, I really appreciate supporting uh, the thing. If you want to support this podcast with a paid membership, you can do that on Anchor. Uh, Anchor enables you to do paid subscriptions now. Uh, So if you go to anchor.fm, uh, I believe it's slash SNTR presents. You can find this uh, this podcast and support it directly with a paid membership. Uh, we greatly appreciate everybody who supports the video channel as well. SNTRlive.com will bring you to that uh, to that place. <laughs> 